Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Behind the Racket pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now. It's a pleasure for me to get to sit down with Grant Chen um, because, Grant, I, I think I've known you for maybe 15 years and I don't feel like I know uh, you, you know, and I, I, I've, I tried to just kind of pick around the last couple of days and just like ask players who have interacted with you and especially non-UCLA people. And everybody's just like, yeah, he's the greatest guy. I don't really know him that well, but he's the greatest guy. And I, I said to somebody earlier today, it's like you're the Illuminati. Like you are just like this mythic human. Um, and it's really an honor for me to actually sit down and get 20 minutes of your time. So thank you, um, uh, first of all, allowing me to be part of the broadcast team here today as well. But let's let's start from the beginning with you. Where, where did your tennis come from? Uh, it's kind of legendary going from student manager to uh, assistant coach, volunteer assistant coach, assistant coach, associate head coach. Where did the tennis passion come from for you? Well, first off, Mike, it's it's. I actually think it's the other way around. It's, sure. It's uh, you know, you're so busy, and you're 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 literally a staple fixture in the tennis community, and uh, you know, there's a there's a couple people in my eyes are kind of like the rite of passage. Mm. You know, you start off at playing Little Mo's, and your game faces there, and then you then you progress to Kalamazoo, and you know, Colette's there, and Paul's right. there, and then and then they make the challenger, and then boom, you're there, yeah. and then obviously now you've you know, also been so involved in ATP and WTA events and, you know, a lot larger stages as well. But, uh, you know, thanks for inviting me on the podcast, mm. first off. I mean, it, you know, as we are going through the whole planning of these events and uh, broadcasts and ESPN Plus, 
you know, you start with your dream list of who you want it, uh, you know, in the booth and, and you know, your, your name just came up and the only thing I asked you was, I hope I can afford your quota, you know? <laughs> so, um, but thank you for being here and, and coming down to Dallas yeah. and being part of this. Uh, you know, where to start? It really all just kind of came down to the fact that this was a sport that my dad and I really played. Okay. Um, he would play every day after work from 4.30 to 6.30 with his friends. And my brother and I, and, and at the time we were probably, you know, two and four years old or whatever it was, and we just run around in the park and jungle gym and sandbox and swings and, you know, build forts and all that. And it got to the point where I think it was about four or five, and they just, mm. I wanted to hit a few tennis balls. Yeah. And he just hand feed me a few balls. I'd grab whatever racket was on the ground. And at the time, I remember it was a Wilson Pro Staff 6-1 <laughs> that Edberg used in all that. And, yeah. and I just grabbed two hands on both sides, and I would just <laughs> swing at it. Yeah. And uh, that really was kind of the, the root of it all. And, and then from then on out, he just he fed me balls until there was no tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, really, I think that was the start of where I just absolutely fell in love with the game of tennis. And, uh, you know, I, you didn't play at the highest levels, right. obviously. I don't think I'm one of those people that's it's not a prerequisite to be a coach, to be a commentator, to have played at the highest levels. But tell, tell us about your playing background when you did yeah. start doing some juniors and, sure. and, and, and that range. I mean, I, I played all the junior tournaments, uh, clay courts, zonals, yeah. uh, you know, all those events. And so that was really special. And I enjoyed competing. I, I wasn't the best player. There's yeah. no doubt about it. I just really loved the game. You know, I was the guy who, you know, maybe win a couple rounds, maybe sneak a couple rounds in the back draw and, you know, for me, it was just the love of the game. Yeah. I loved going to zonals and experiencing all these events because that was kind of something that was special. And really, those were kind of our family vacations and summer mm. trips was to, you know, Fort Lauderdale for four, 14 <laughs> zonals and El Conquistador in, in Tucson and, and all these kind of trips. Um, and then my brother, was who was a couple years younger, kind of went in that same path. So, you know, I think that was something that we really enjoyed. Uh, you know, it was where I got to spend a lot of time with my mom on mm. the was on the road, and, and I think that was kind of our little thing. My yeah. dad would kind of help with the training and then often stay back, and then my mom would take us to the tournament. So that was kind of how we balanced and juggled it, and it was just a, a, a special connection. I had time with my dad, and I had time with my mom. Yeah, and I, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but I know you've also throughout your coaching career, kind of stayed involved with juniors, traveling to teams yeah, as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I, look, I, I think it's really important. I think it's important to give back. Yeah. I think it's important to pay it forward. So because of those different things, you know, I, I the tennis community is so intertwined. Mm -hmm. And because of camp and because of so many different things that I think I try to be involved in or volunteer at and these events, I, I think, you know, you get to know these kids. And, you know, people ask me, you know, do I coach intersectionals or battle the sections or Junior Davis Cup because of, Recruiting, the truth is it's not. You know, I mean, a couple of years ago when it was at Champagne, I think of the seven guys, six were committed. Yeah. And it was, but it was just a special week, uh, you know, before Kalamazoo and guys, you know, it was Segerman played with line one, Timmy Saw was line two, Jacob Bullard, and then, uh, you know, Bryce Purr was on the team, Ivan Thama, I mean, RJ, uh, sorry, Jake Sands. I mean, it was just, uh, and it was just such a special, special week. And we actually won it. Yeah. Uh, but from my tennis standpoint, I really do still enjoy playing. Um, you know, I played with my dad and my brother, and, you know, one of the landmarks was, you know, the first time I beat my dad yeah. uh, in a one-set thing, and then after that, I just kind of continued to want to play. Um, and then what happened really was I got to UCLA. I entered on my own. I got in miraculously on my own, <laughs> and uh, I really missed the game. Yeah. And so one of the players I had class with, econ class, was Tobias Clemens, and mm. he played number one for the wow, team. Wow, I remember Hel that team. Heck of a player. Yeah. 
you know, he goes on to, you know, <clears throat> three years at number one and probably only lost 10 matches in three yeah. years. But he was like, hey, you know, maybe you should get involved. And uh, our, you know, our student manager is graduating. He's been with us for four or five years. And maybe it might be a role that you could, you know, embrace or take on. And I yeah. said, sure, why not? So I approached Billy in January of 2001. That was uh, my, my freshman year. And he was just about ahead to, to Louisville, Kentucky for the national team indoors. And at the time mm. that was in a, hosted by Kentucky out there. And yeah. I remember that. And, you know, my tryouts and my audition was really summer camps. Yeah. And summer camps was something I really enjoy and thrive because I really enjoyed camps as a kid. That was the highlight of my summer. So when I go into camps, it's how can I make this young camper, male or female or whatever, the greatest week of their summer. Yes. And so that's how that really whole thing got started. And, and that was the start of Billy and I's, you know, 18 plus season together <laughs> and, you know, just wanting to play every single role I possibly could do to, to try to make an impact. Billy is a really special coach. Um, and obviously, I know you had a, quite a, a factor in several players who have become pros while you were at UCLA as well. What, what allows him to develop players as well as he does? And, and this is the second part of the question. I actually asked this of Mackenzie McDonald yep. last week. Sure. Why are top-level recruits not taking that into account right now in, in terms of the, the fact that not as many are going to UCLA at this stage. Sure. Well, the, the first part is, yes, I mean, Billy is truly just, you know, legendary. Um, he absolutely is. He's the last person to ever say something like that. Um, I just know how much the game has meant to him as a junior, as a player, and now as a coach for so many years, the impact he's made in so many people's lives, including myself. Uh what he really tremendously does well is he, he builds this environment. You know, it's, it's, it's a comfortable, safe environment that you can really, I think, find yourself and thrive in. And, and, and Billy, as someone who played at the absolute highest level mm -hmm. with, you know, winning Kalamazoo a couple times and Junior US Open, Junior Wimbledon and all that, you know, really it, it's been incredible to learn from him. And also, but more than that, it's just he's a fixture in everyone's lives. Mm. You know, and I think it... it LATC, the tennis complex at uh, UCLA just becomes like this magnet and you and yeah. you want to go back. So before Indian Wells and before the US Open, everyone kind of gravitates to uh, Los Angeles Tennis Center and, and to see Billy, to, tr to train, to practice. Uh, we've had some incredible players and you know, it just goes to the story of the long history of UCLA. And yes, Mackie and Cressy and, and uh, Marcos and so many others that uh, really has been uh, integral, you know, even Marcos, for example, you know, he travels with two former teammates, right. with Max and uh, Carew, and and I think that's been a great, great situation for Marcos. Yes, it's allowed him to be able to find the best situation for him, and same thing with Mackie. You know, he's figured out his thing, but to see all these guys out there on tour, Roger is still out there. And, yeah, you know, we've got we've got this group text going on on WhatsApp, and there's <laughs> yeah. almost 150. Bruin alums out mm. there. We try to do a Zoom call uh, annually to try to bring everyone back together. And guys like Patrick Galbraith and, you know, you're talking about Mark Knowles and just yeah. the, the, so, there's so many people that have been integral in the, kind of the longstanding history. You know, n nowadays uh, it's, it's tough to really kind of pinpoint exactly maybe why some of them aren't looking. But I, I think what it really is is it boils down to the parity of college tennis. Mm. There's so many great programs. You know, I think for so many years, three, four decades, you're talking about a total of six schools maybe have won the national championship in SC, Georgia, Stanford, UCLA, Trinity, 
uh, and a handful of other, you know, UVA, Baylor, I mean, sure. a, a handful of others. And now, you know, you've got extreme depth. You've got, everyone's got a nice facility. Everyone's got, you know, development and training and this and that and, and every possible different little angle that they can find to try to get to where they need to go. Yeah. And I, I think that just really shows. I mean, you look now, the top couple teams uh, on the West Coast uh, aren't in the top six, seven, eight. Yeah. You know, where I, I think that used to be pretty much unheard of. Right. Uh, but college tennis, the depth and what it's done for so many players to then transition to the pros is, is so special. Yes. You know, someone like a Cameron Nori and, and Isner, and, and these guys are so proud of their alma maters. And they're always asking, oh, how did it go? What'd you do? The scores, this and that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember, you know, there are times and it's, it's two in the morning in London and Isner's texting me after a <laughs> Wimbledon match, like, hey, you know, what happened at two doubles yeah, and this yeah. and lineups? And, you know, and I think that's so fun. And you can, everyone still keeps tabs. Yeah. So right, you know, in May when it's the NCAAs and everyone's at the French Open and Madrid and Rome, you know, everyone's asking, everyone's following. Right. So, you know, I think that's so much fun because I think it played such a big role and made an impact in all these players' lives. Yeah, no doubt. You know, we kind of keep focus on the guys who are still playing pro. Sure. But on top of it, there's still that very hearty community of players who are, oh, yeah. who are not professional tennis players, oh, but are oh, yeah. incredibly successful in oh, various yeah. other careers. Oh, no. And, and, you know, what I really love about the tour is, you know, we, we really are this, on the pro tour, like this traveling circus. Yes. You know, so every every week, okay, JJ Wolf and and you know, you 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 name it. Yes. Everyone's seeing each other and it's really a lot of fun. And I think when when I had first gotten here and getting together with John's impact and meeting with meeting with tournament director Peter Lebedev, uh, bringing the Dallas Open here, we wanted to kind of make this one of those stops in this annual traveling circus. Mm. And so for these ten days in February, you know, while it's in the middle of the college season, it kind of becomes this place yes and to have all the players kind of come back to town and you see who needs housing and this and that and everyone and you look at the practice court sheets and you know college guys are practicing together still yeah you know with each other and I think that's really really special you know because there's there really is that common bond out there and you know you, you always see some funny Instagram <laughs> where you know so-and-so plays another school and the losing team wears yeah. the other school's yeah. hat or jersey for the day and, and yeah and I think that's the beauty of it. Evan King still owes me, actually. Evan uh, King, let's 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 bring that one out, okay? <laughs> Hand over the Michigan jersey. So, uh, but I think that's part of why tennis, college tennis, is is as incredible as it is. Before we get back to you, because I have some very in, some questions I want to get to you personally here. This this program, I, you know, I'm able to see the NCAA tournament appearances here. There's a lot of really strong history here at SMU. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't the best for a good 15-ish years here. What has been the most important thing that you feel you've been able to bring to make this feel more like a program on the rise that can be successful, not only here in, in the AAC, but also at the highest levels? Well, first off, this, this is an incredible community. And I think that's what it really boils down to is how strong and vibrant of a tennis community Dallas is. You know, when so many pros and former pros make this their hub. 
I think that says something. Mm. You know, Isner's here, Smichek's here, Kuznetsov's here, Nate Lamons is here, Hans Hawk's here, Austin Krychek, and we have the number of academies. You've got the Lakes, you've got TBRM, you've got Taylor Dents Academy, and then you look at all the number of clubs and organizations that are in the community, and you make for this thriving mecca. Mm. And I think that's what it attracted me to come here, was the idea that Dallas, SMU, the middle of the country, it can be this hub. It really can be. And so I think that's been a passionate interest of mine as to allowing this place to be exposed to the tennis world. You know, getting back to your question, is there a priority? It all intertwines. You know, I think sometimes you, we put together this house of cards. You mm. know, okay, the Futures <laughs> Tournament, the ATP event, staff, athletic trainer, stringing, everything kind of intertwines. Yeah. You know, recruiting-wise, everything's recruiting. Uh, facility, you know, your strength of schedule, what conference you're in. Everything plays a variable. Whereas, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, there was maybe two variables. Now there's 15. Yeah. And every school is good. Every school is strong. Every school has their pros and their cons. And I think I continue to encourage any prospective student athlete, just find what makes sense. Don't go to a particular school because it's the shiny object out there and it's the one that sounds like you should go to. Really do your homework and dive in deep. Find out those relationships between the head coach, the players, everybody, and see how that can impact your four or five years in college. I mean this as the strongest compliment as I can offer, but I, I said this to your assistant, Ben, earlier today. This reminds me of when I was starting with Illinois, actually at the same time you were starting at UCLA back right. in January of 2001. Right, that was right. my first year as a public address announcer. Right, right. Craig Tiley brought me in. Sure. And it felt like he had built a structure, you know, to and the same thing, Atkins Tennis Center in yep, Champaign-Urbana at the time was that shiny, the mecca. The, the no, huge, of course. huge I've, building at that time. Absolutely. You guys have this facility. You're a guy, it seems, who thinks big picture very, very well. Ben, your assistant, much like Bruce Burke at Illinois yeah, at the time, course. was that detail-oriented sure. guy. And it seems like there's, yeah, I, I, I can't say it enough. It reminds me very much of that 01, 02 time at Illinois and maybe the recruits haven't been the highest right, level right, yet, right. but it it just feels very similar to me. And I, like, even just in my one day here, I, I get that sense that there's really something. Well, that's kind of you. You know, I mean, you, you just named uh, a couple individuals who I have the utmost respect for. Uh, Coach Tiley, you know, I, I remember those 01, 02, 03 years because, uh, you know, we, we played Illinois many, many mm -hmm. times, including... Uh, don't, bring, I, don't say it. You know, I, don't, so don't many say, years. Don't yeah, say, yeah, don't yeah, say yeah. it, Well, please. you guys got us many times, too. So, <laughs> you know, when you win in 03, and, you know, I think that that that's, uh, that, that trumps everything else. So being on the other half in the semifinals in Athens, Georgia, you know, I, I remember that night so vividly. Mm. And uh, and the other, the other thing that was funny is I actually had to take a math makeup midterm after playing Vanderbilt. Yeah. And uh, I fell asleep taking the exam. Wow. You know, now it's like, you know, 10, 30, 11 p.m. Yeah. I'm in the middle of Athens, Georgia, at my hotel room, and it's getting proctored, and we all <laughs> fell asleep. You know, anyways, but, yes, just some incredible years of tennis and, and some amazing, amazing memories, you know. And, you know, in Dallas now, I mean, you have so many great players who are still in town. I mean, Seamart's mm -hmm. in town. Right. I, I just saw Dell. You know, last week at the uh, Austin WTA event and played a couple holes of golf because every now Sounds and then he, right. plays, he plays a little <laughs> golf. But the number of Illinois guys and, you know, Ohio State guys and everyone who kind of funnels to Dallas for one reason or another, I think also comes to show how great of a tennis community this place is. 
So, you know, I think it all really is, is, is special. Um, but I think to your following up, yes, a lot of it is more than just tennis. You know, I think Coach Tiley built this kind of all-encompassing, intertwining, you know, ecosystem, so to speak. And I think that's something that I understand. I try to emulate, but also see how all these pieces of the puzzle mm -hmm. come together. Even like today, I think to be able to showcase collegiate tennis, I mean, you know, yes, okay, today we came up on the losing end, but, you know, that was a three-and-a-half-hour you know, bloodbath, yes. you know, and I know uh, Central Florida and John, they're racing off to the airport now because, you know, we were just out there for so long, but that's why we do this. Yeah. That's why we play this, and I think we have an incredible product, you know, to go out there, and here we have, you know, at one point it looks like here, you know, four sets to SMU, oh, no, it's not, it's three and three, and a couple matches split, and here we go, we have a 16-14 <laughs> tiebreaker on court two. I mean, wow, I yeah. mean, that's really, really something, and then, you know, obviously on singles number four, uh, going down to the third set, six, yes. four in the third. I mean, really some uh, high level, and it's just a great product that I think people can appreciate because you're always watching something. Correct. So And so many different styles of tennis oh, as yeah. well. I mean, it's, no, it's, 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 as, it's as wonderful. As, and that's why I love this product. Yeah. I mean, I love this game. I really believe in what we do out here. And I think we need to give us a platform. And so whether it's through online streamings and, you know, Cracked Rackets and Zoo Tennis yes. and, you know, Parsa Bombs and everybody else, <laughs> I think everyone plays a role. Yeah, right. And I think that's what we are able to do is, and, and yourself too, you and so many other tennis figures, you guys are in the trenches with us. And you guys also have a very keen a, a sense as to some of the behind the scenes, you know, that maybe a normal fan doesn't know just by reading a scoreline on a, on a match. So, you know, I, I think that's what we love about this. And, and uh, you know, here we are every year. We, we go after this college season for five months. Yeah. And, and then we do it again. <laughs> you mentioned the behind-the-scenes stuff. And I mentioned this to you earlier. Uh, I was talking to Jamie Loeb, yep. a mutual friend of both of ours. Sure. And I said, hey, if you, you know, if you had to ask Grant something, what, what would you ask? And she said it's two parts. Okay. Uh, number one, when is the 60K going to yeah, be coming yeah, we're, we're here to Dallas? Yeah. But uh, to her point, I knew this was going to be your question, the spreads that you put out, the food that you put out. Yeah. And I know, listen, this is going to sound kind of you know, mundane or, or boring for, for, for a lot of people, but Jamie always highlights how well you take care of the players. That does come along some housing, the food. Yeah, it's yeah. not just the routine pasta that you've sure. slopped together from, sure. from a a chain restaurant sure. that is about making sure players feel at comfort at ease so they're able to be their best why is that important for you when you're hosting 25ks on the men's and women's you side know, i think details go a long way and i think those little things make a difference you know uh to be part of the solution is what i'm always looking for you know there, there's so many different things that we need to work on in tennis and it, it, it is a passion and a love of so many of ours you know we don't do this because of the the the, the money we do this because of the love of the game i think the little little things go a long way and if we can make players who are normally on the road 35 weeks a year and in a hotel and housing and you know something if we can make things just a little bit more comfortable yeah. i think it goes a long way and a lot of those little things is just a little bit of extra attention a little bit of extra planning and maybe, yes, it might cost a few resources and stuff like that, but I think that's what makes it special. So little things like that and, and, and you know, 
food. Uh, I think also taking care of, you know, staff, officials. Yes. Everybody is there. Everyone's fine until they're hungry. <laughs> and there's nothing more challenging yeah. than a staff and operations, officials, players, and they're at a tennis court for 12 hours a day and they're hungry. Yep. So I think these, these things are, can make things a little homier and it doesn't have to be that hard. You know, I mean, Jamie's talking about Chipotle catering and a little bit of avocado and this and that, <laughs> and, but that goes a long way. It does. And so part of our hope as running these events is to make it a tremendous positive experience for our fans, our community, our players, and, you know, the player team, because a lot of them are moms and dads yeah. and, you know, uncles and coaches who, who, uh, who want to be a part of this ride. So a couple of years ago, I'm, I'm doing some U.S. Open commentary. Uh, Grigor Dimitrov is, is playing, and... Is that, is, that, is that Grant down there? Yeah, Grant, Grant is in the box. Okay. Um, and I'm just like, how, how, what, what happened? What, what's that about? Like, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. When I go back to what I opened with, this, this Illuminati presence, right? It seems like you're plugged in with so many of these top players, and I just wonder how. Well, first off, I think it's it's players, okay? Some of them, yes, are very highly ranked, but also some of them are not. But then at the, at the other thing, there are former players and juniors and everybody. I think, you know, they're all, they're all tennis players and, yes. and to me. Some of them have a little higher ATB ranking. Yes. Some of them have a little bigger, bigger entourage. Yes. Uh, Grigor happens to be a, a very dear friend of mine, one of my closest, closest friends. Uh, we don't get to see each other often because of the giant traveling schedule, but I get to see him, you know, North America swing in the summer, uh, you know, the, the sunshine swing. I'll, I'll probably <laughs> see him in Miami, but okay. not Indian Wells. I'll be there, too, um, if you want to say hi to me. I'll say hi to you, too. Okay. I will absolutely. <laughs> I always look for, I always hear for your voice uh, on the air. Um, so, you know, it, it's just, it's really a friendship. A friendship mm. that started many, many years ago, and he spent so many off-seasons in L.A. Mm. to the point where, you know, we had so many Christmases together, and then he would head off to Australian Open, and, yeah. you know, we'd do Christmas shopping together. So it, it's just a friendship of the tennis world, and I think that's how this whole thing is intertwined, um, is that, you know, we see each other, and you, you root for each other no matter at what level. Yeah. You want the Futures guys to get up there to play the Challengers, and then the Challenger guys get up there to play the ATP events. And then when they make those jumps, and then you see them on court one or on, you know, on Ash or yes. the center court at Wimbledon, you know, it, it is one of the most rewarding that you play maybe a small, tiny yes. role. You know, even I'm so proud of uh, so many of our Bruins who are on yes. tour and, and Nate Lamons as well, who continues to be a tremendous SMU flag bearer. And, yes. and he trains here a lot. We see him a lot. We're always pulling for him. But it's incredible to know that you played a small role, however significant or not. Yeah. And, you know, and, and sometimes it's just the little things to offer. Hey, here's a court. I can feed you a couple forehands. Let's hit a basket of sirs. And, you know, there are times I remembered um, Hans just got back from, I think, Dubai, <laughs> and, and he was so jet-lagged, and I hit with him. Yeah. And he was barely standing on his own two feet, and we hit for maybe half hour, 45 minutes. And, yeah. you know, all I do is try to keep the ball up the middle. Yeah. But little things like that, and, and same thing, and Christmas Day here, uh, everyone was training and happened to be 10, 11 degrees in Dallas. Mm. Uh the Steisinger Altai Tennis Complex ended up being busy from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. because yeah. everyone was, it was the only place that could play tennis. So. Um, I, listen, that struck a chord with me because the fact, I, seeing all those guys who grow through the challenges, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. No, People it, get, ask me all the time, why, why do you 
why are you cheering for J.J. Oh, Wolf as oh, he's playing Diego Schwartzman? Oh, it's like, it's, it's not what it is. It's yeah. not cheering for one person Correct. against another. It's you want to see these people oh, yeah. who you've been oh, around for so many years oh, yeah. have success. Oh, and you start them, you know, they start off by trying to get a wild card into a 15K qualies. And yes. then, you know, finally they work their way up. And, you know, now J.J., you know, top 40-ish and to yeah. see him have so much success. And he's traveling with a coach and a physio and his agent and, you know, it, it's amazing to see, but it's not, it's hasn't always been that way. Yeah, you, you, you that, it's that, that, that meme, the, the iceberg, correct, right? Correct, correct. You and I, or, and a lot of people like us, have seen that underwater part. Yeah. You know, so many people just see the peak, but sure. we've seen the underwater, and that's, it means something to have seen the struggles at that lowest level. Oh, levels. no, it, it does. And, you know, after my wife and I moved here, it's yeah. funny, we, we have a, a home close by, and we have a couple extra beds, and, you know, it's, it's about... <laughs> The house is about twice as big as my L.A. place, and it's cheaper than my L.A. place. Yeah. And people are asking, well, God, what do you do with all these rooms? The, what happens is the more rooms you have, the more house guests you have. Yeah. And it got to the <laughs> point where during Dallas Open, I actually ran out of beds. You know, and so people are on cots and pull out sofas and this and that. But, you know, it's been fun because you can still spend time with those people. And, you know, a couple of the guys need a place to crash for one or two nights as they, you know, transition from one tournament to the next. Mm. You know, hey, that's... That's great. And and we're here. I've got a few extra beds and, you know, look forward to seeing you. So Grant, last question for yes. you. Uh, really more of a story about me. Okay. Um, you know, that's how I like to finish things. It's a little bit about me. Yeah. Um, first off, again, thank you. This has been a really fun chance to get back. Dallas tennis, having been the challenger for so many years. Yep. It's great to be back. And hopefully we see a challenger and more yep. uh, over the next couple of years. 2004. The match I didn't want you to bring up. Okay. Uh, UCLA ending Illinois' record-winning streak, yeah. having won the national title the year before, yeah. undefeated into the semifinals yeah. in Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. where I now live, and yeah. I refuse to go back to the tennis center there yeah. because uh, bad memories. Let me, let me just break it down. In my life, I okay. am now 46 years of age. Okay. Twice, two times, have I nearly been in a fight. One when okay. my best friend uh, was referred to by a racial name, and I, okay. I went belly to belly with a 350-pound man. Okay. That's one thing. Okay. The second was on site in Tulsa, okay. UCLA, and Illinois. Yeah, in the uh, semifinals. In the semifinals. Yeah, with, match, I remember that. Yeah, with one of the guys. Uh, it was an older gentleman, probably in his 50s, a, a bigger fella, okay. um, uh, balding. Uh, okay. Kind of looked like if Dick Vitale gained okay. like 60 pounds. And six inches. And Yes. Okay. And, and was yelling, I believe it was Promote De Beer who was playing at the five line. I think okay. that's right. Yeah. Uh, but yelling at him in the midst of, you know, service preparation and things. And so I decided okay. to insert myself, okay. which is uh, out of character. Okay. But we, we went at it, like fingers in the face, screaming, yeah. swearing at yeah. each other. and. To this day, it still haunts me on the inside. Okay. Uh, because not only did we lose on, on the tennis court, but I, I feel like I, I just I didn't stand up enough against the UCLA Bruins in that moment, and it, it, it hurts. Uh, well, yes, you know, you, you go through these triumphant defeats. Uh, you fast forward 24 hours, we lost in the finals. Yeah. Not only did we lose, you know, we got, we got crushed pretty good uh, by Baylor. So, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, at the same time, you kind of forget about these things. <laughs> Uh, but I think, you know, those couple years, uh, just the level of tennis and the rosters that 
they had were yes. just amazing. Yeah. Um, that match in particular, uh, I remember a good amount of it, to be honest, but more importantly, I remember the 4-0 loss to Baylor in the finals. <laughs> so, I, you know, it, it's... You know, you always you always uh, give and take some. Yeah. The gentleman you're talking about is actually still around. Okay. Uh, actually lives in Dallas. Mm. Actually is a still a tennis fan and is a, currently a tennis dad. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I I think you go out there and, um, you know, you just that's that's the nature and that's why I think college tennis is so fun. I agree. You have this bandwagon of people who kind of just show up. And the beauty of them, it, it was actually two or three guys together. They would always show up at Ojai for the Pac-12 championships. Yes. And then they would always show up at the Sweet 16, Athens, Georgia, Champaign, Tulsa, wherever it was for the uh, final rounds of the NCAAs. And, you know, I think, you know, back in the day, I mean, you could probably predict 15 out of the 16 teams that make yes, the Sweet 16. Right. And and uh, it was just, you know, the, the, the top half was just so, so, so tough and dominant. Yes. That uh, you know there wasn't a lot of upsets leading up to the Sweet 16, maybe even the quarters. Uh, but that year, look, I, you know, I think we played pretty well. I think Illinois had a lot of you know pressure to, and we were a little bit of the underdogs, yeah. you know. And and it was also outside, and it was a night and Tulsa wins, and so I think that probably wasn't the best conditions for our friend Brian Wilson, who is still who's now in Dallas, <laughs> now and here, yeah. Phil Stolt, and you know Calkins, and all these guys who you know love the indoor. <laughs> Indoor tennis at Atkins Tennis Center, uh, but I think that's what's fun. You know, I I, I remember those matches and uh, along those lines. I think one thing not only do I remember about that streak was ironically enough, you fast forward one year to 2000, uh, 2005, Baylor had gone on to win the NCAA's. I you know if I remember correctly, the national team indoors in two thousand five, and so we actually ended their streak in two thousand five mm. as well. So, you know, two years in a row, I think we beat the number one seeds at the NCAAs. Yeah. And in 05, the funny story there is we lose the doubles pretty badly. We lose two singles mat matches in straight sets. And so now we're down 3-0 again, yeah. thinking like it's a little <laughs> bit deja vu. Yeah. And here we are. We're going to lose 4-0 in the finals. And down uh, this was uh, down in College Station. And, you know, the Bruins kind of just hung in there, hung in there. And Grundler won a match at six and three sets. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, Francis, and then, um, you know, Cole Offal won at two. He beat uh, uh, Benny Becker, and then it all came down to the best man of my wedding, Chris Quinta, you know, and, and uh, you know, that was something that was something pretty special, and to see him win that last match, uh, serving volley with that backhand pickup half volley and the lob going over his head and then chucks the racket over the fence, uh, you know, that's certainly an evening and a night I'll, uh, I will never forget and really still to this day – uh, a pretty special moment in my in my place, and I still have newspaper clippings yeah. from the Bryan College Station newspaper. And and uh, but you know it's funny over the years, like you remember these matches, you remember yeah. the seasons, and you know 2013 is another season I'll, I'll never forget. Yes, uh, in Champaign. Yeah, and, I was there you know, for we, that one. We came up on the short end of that one, and yeah. UVA's first NCAA title. We were the number one and number two seeds getting to the finals. Uh, you know, and but that's how it is. You know, and, yeah. and again, that was another. Incredible one. The other one I'll never forget is going indoors in Georgia, us and USC on court on two courts, and then Virginia on the other two courts. Both semifinals going on simultaneously. So brutal. It was so loud you couldn't yeah. hear each other talk. Yes. Uh, and and that was another night. It was late at night, and we were you know all in that uh, indoor complex in Athens, and uh, SC ends up winning it. And yeah. uh, but just talk about some of the memories and. 
Stevie and Ray and D Win and Emilio and yes. you know we all still talk about those days. Yes. You know we talk about an SC UCLA reunion. We talk about all these different types of things. I mean, um, how we can possibly <laughs> try to do it. Uh, and so that's what's uh, that's fun. Uh, you're getting a text from Jeannie Kruger, yeah, who Jeannie, I've been texting with here today as well. Maybe she'll see it. <laughs> um, but I, I think to the point, though, Grant, the the fact that you're able to reference all these names who you are still friends with, colleagues with, same for me, all of these people that I've developed relationships with over 20 years. And that's really what college tennis, I think, brings more than anything else. Yes, the development to see some of these players at the highest levels, but more importantly, these relationships it's a great sport to watch, yeah. and on top of it, the culture, the the development of people in college tennis is, I, I don't know that it can be matched. It, it can't. It can't. This is just an incredible community, and guys, people like you, and people like so many people who want to be around, and you see week in, week out, and I think the, you know, you go back to how you and I, and we never really have had a chance to sit down mm -hmm. and have a conversation, is because whenever we see each other, we're both running on our hamster right, wheels. Right. You know, you're usually on the mic and I'm usually doing, I don't even know what I'm doing, <laughs> uh, but probably something. Yeah. And, you know, finally have a chance to just take a step back, connect, you know, catch up and understand, but a lot of respect for, uh, you know, you and what you do and what you also bring to the table to try to shine a spotlight. And there is nothing, it's so incredible that we can go on to the ATP live app and watch any challenger match. It's huge. Qualies, main draw, around the world. I mean, yeah. that that is something remarkable. It is. So, Grant, this is, uh, I can tell you're building something really special here, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I hope I get to come and, and, and view it a few more times oh, over no, the next you, few years. You absolutely will. And, and Mike, thanks for making the journey down and, yeah. and uh, being here a part of today's match. And we'll have many, many, many more to come. And Blair Henley is going to be doing it in a couple of weeks. I mean, Blair, that's, that's special. Yeah, no, no. I mean, and, and that's what we want. I mean, I think that's... To, to ask you guys, are you available? And then you guys also wanting to be a part of it, no questions asked, yes. you know, I, that's what it is, you yeah. know? And, and, and I just knew that if your schedule actually was free, you know, you would find a way to be here. No and, doubt. and so I, I, I can't thank you enough, but we'll have many more of these and let's continue to see what we can do to grow the game of tennis and, and keep pushing college tennis forward and helping the, the next generation. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.